Hey, my name's David, the host of Ambisonic Spaces. And I just want to thank you for listening. And I want to tell you about a new feed of the show called Ambisonic Spaces Plus. If you're a sound designer, work in game audio, if you're a field recording enthusiast, or just want to support this podcast, check out subscribing to the Patreon page, Ambisonic Spaces Plus. There you'll be able to gain access to listen to episodes in spatial audio. All you need is some AirPods that support head tracking and the Patreon app or Safari. Just connect your AirPods to their device, turn on head tracking, and listen through Patreon. The sounds dynamically change around you as you move your head. Super cool and a very immersive experience. You'll also have access to download assets to use for your game audio projects and engines like Unreal and Unity, or use them for sound beds for any project that you have. And finally, as a Patreon, you can import the RSS feed into Apple Podcasts and listen through spatial audio there as well. Is it possibly the first ambisonic spatial audio dynamic head tracking podcast ever? Perhaps. But check out the free samples on Patreon to hear for yourself. Links in the description. Find out more at ambisonicspaces.org. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Ambisonic Spaces. The space you are hearing right now is South Wangwa National Park in eastern Zambia. This space was recorded by audio artist, sound designer, and conservationalist George Vlad. And I'm thrilled to have George share this space and, more importantly, how places like these are worth conserving, as you'll hear him talk about. And I highly encourage everyone listening to reach out to George on all socials at the George Vlad, and I highly recommend going to mindfulaudio.com to hear more of his work, his stories, experience, his gear, sound libraries, and to discover more about sonic conservation. Hi, it's George Vlad here, recording in South Luangwa National Park in eastern Zambia. It's day 10 in the bush for me. I've been here working on a project that I can't really talk much about. I've been recording soundscapes in the African bush. I'm also working on a personal project that revolves around soundscapes of the savannah. To give you a bit of background, I'm a sound recordist, sound designer, composer, game audio specialist. I also do some ecology work, some conservation work every now and then. And I'm passionate about nature, wildlife, wild places, remote parts of the world, exploration, a whole lot of things. For me, it all started when I was growing up in a wild part of Eastern Europe, in Romania. I can say I had a pretty feral childhood. I was allowed to go out on my own from a very early age, maybe from four, five years old. And there was a lot of wildlife around. The outskirts of the village I grew up in were pretty wild. And that gave me access to things that kids nowadays don't have access to anymore. And also it encouraged me to explore and to venture further and further outside the area that I was familiar with. It encouraged me to push the limits of my comfort zone, which 
is more or less what I'm doing at the moment, only on a much larger scale, by exploring remote parts of the world where there's still untouched nature to some extent. My work has taken me to places like the Amazon rainforest, the Congo Basin rainforest, Borneo, Ethiopian highlands, an active volcano in Ethiopia, a glacier lagoon in Iceland, savannas and woodlands and forests, and a whole lot of others. And this is what makes me happy. Yeah, going out to these places, listening, immersing myself in the landscape, capturing the soundscapes, and then sharing them with other people in various different forms. As a sound designer and composer for video games, I use these recordings in my day-to-day -day work. So even if these sounds don't reach people in the original shape, they are still heard by people. To me, that's probably the most important aspect. I used to record with a focus on utility, with a focus on gathering sounds that could be used as sound design material or, you know, as beds for music or for other purposes. But nowadays my focus is mostly reaching as many people as possible with my sound recordings. And in the process, sensitizing people to issues like climate change, wildlife persecution, destruction of habitats, destruction of, of habitats for people as well, not just for wildlife. Um, shifting baseline with regards to what we think untouched nature is or healthy nature is. Yeah, all of these issues, they're, you know, they're not easy issues to tackle. But I'm hoping my work makes a difference and I'm noticing a positive response from listeners. So I'm trying to build a platform where I can share these stories and these sound recordings and videos and photos and all kinds of media in order to reach even more people and to to help small NGOs and other organizations that make a difference on the ground. For example, here in Zambia, in order to be able to walk in the national park safely, I had to hire a scout from the Department of Wildlife and National Parks. And, you know, talking to Stuart, the scout, I realized how difficult his job is. I never thought it would be an easy job, but, you know, from what he's telling me, he has to sometimes go on patrol in the park looking for poachers, and that means he has to be self-sufficient with a small team, maybe five to ten people, they have to carry all the kit and a firearm and food and water in their backpack and a tent and a mosquito net. They're out for 10 days at a time or even more tracking animals, tracking poachers, being exposed to wildlife. There's megafauna here. There are lions, there are leopards, there are buffalo, hippos, elephants. You know, this is... Africa as wild as people think it is everywhere so it's a tough job yeah and I'm hoping with my work with my sound recordings I can reach people and I can tell 
stories like Stuart. To go back to my work and to the sound recordings I've been doing here, I have about three terabytes of media that I collected over 10 days. I'm recording with five stereo rigs and three surround ones, more or less all the time. I generally go on, on, on game drives in the savannah and I identify interesting spots or things I want to record and then I place the rig out. I leave it out for one, two, three days, even four days at a time. And then I go and collect it and then put it back again. This has been my schedule for the past 10 days. When I get back to my hut here, I do data management. I copy over from the memory cards. I have a quick listen and then I decide if I want to record more in that spot or if I want to move to a new one. Sometimes I swap batteries and memory cards in the field so that I don't keep the recorders out of work. For the first half of the trip I was focusing on ambiences. I'm working on a film that requires a lot of African ambiences. And in the second half I've been trying to record more close-up animal calls. In the first half I was very successful. I was able to capture beautiful soundscapes. Very immersive, very, very lush and euphonious. In the second part, I have not been as successful. It's the end of the rainy season here, which means there are still pretty tall grasses, two to three meters tall, up to 10 feet tall. So it's very difficult to spot wildlife. It's not impossible. We've been able to spot lions, leopards, elephants, hippos, you know, all kinds of other big mammals. But they can very easily hide and it's very difficult to identify where they will hang out. We've always been kind of one step behind where the action happened. But come the dry season in a few months, it'll be much easier to find where the wildlife hangs out because they will be concentrated around the remaining bits of water. Now there's water everywhere. The rainy season means there's big flowing rivers, there are swamps, there are marshes, stagnant water everywhere. In the dry season, on the other hand, there's not going to be as much water. So showing up and identifying the bodies of water that still exist, those will be areas where I can focus for recording these big mammals. We can now hear baboons. I think those are alarm calls. There might be a predator in the area. There might be a lion. Although, probably leopard more so than lion. They tend to prey on baboons. Anyway, I've been quite successful in getting baboon calls, hippo calls. I got distant hyena calls, some lion calls. I think only one leopard call in the distance. I will probably be back in October at the height of the dry season to record more focused mammal calls. But speaking of the weather and water and rain, this is actually a topic that's on everyone's mind here. People as much as wildlife, because it becomes so scarce in the dry season. So I've been recording pretty close to bodies of water. There's the river Kapampa, very close by here. 
which flows into the river Luangwa. And there are bits of stagnant water here and there. And all of these, they do sound very interesting. The rivers are generally slow-flowing, and they're pretty quiet. They're some of the quietest rivers I've ever seen for their size and flow. So I've been recording close to the riverbank without actually capturing much in terms of water motion, water noise. There is occasional ripples in the water and splashes and other water movement, but that adds a very interesting dynamic and dimension to the recording. So I will play a few selected bits from recordings around water, and you can see for yourself what I mean by that. It's, it's a fascinating subject to record in all its forms and shapes. But here in the savannah, where water gives life and can be very scarce, I think it's even more interesting to, to listen to it. To put yourself in the shoes of wildlife. Basically, if you don't hear water, if you're nowhere near water, you're going to find it very difficult to survive. So, for these animals and people, Hearing the sounds of water must trigger some kind of, of genetic, must trigger some element of happiness because they know one of their needs is met. You know, they, they have water to drink. It doesn't mean they're safe. There's a lot of danger out there, and if they're not careful, they're not going to survive. But there is a good chance that they'll survive being close to water. So, yeah, I hope you'll enjoy listening to these soundscapes as much as I enjoyed recording them.
Hey, my name's David, the host of Ambisonic Spaces. And I just want to thank you for listening. And I want to tell you about a new feed of the show called Ambisonic Spaces Plus. If you're a sound designer, work in game audio, if you're a field recording enthusiast, or just want to support this podcast, check out subscribing to the Patreon page, Ambisonic Spaces Plus. There you'll be able to gain access to listen to episodes in spatial audio. All you need is some AirPods that support head tracking and the Patreon app or Safari. Just connect your AirPods to their device, turn on head tracking, and listen through Patreon. The sounds dynamically change around you as you move your head. Super cool and a very immersive experience. You'll also have access to download assets to use for your game audio projects and engines like Unreal and Unity, or use them for sound beds for any project that you have. And finally, as a Patreon, you can import the RSS feed into Apple Podcasts and listen through spatial audio there as well. Is it possibly the first ambisonic spatial audio dynamic head tracking podcast ever? Perhaps. But check out the free samples on Patreon to hear for yourself. Links in the description. Find out more at ambisonicspaces.org. Thanks for listening.